0: Hello, everybody. My name is Chris Kiefer, and welcome in. Thank you for joining me very much. I appreciate that. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Race Tech. Uh, we're double dipping, we're double deucing our way through the week. That's right. This is the second show this week. So if you guys are stoked, let me know about it. Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. I'm trying to uh, make up for lost time here when I was injured. Uh, but nonetheless, second show this week, so we're going to try to do one to two um, a week as much as we can. I am going to Colorado here in a little bit over a week, so we might take a week off. So these shows that are doubling up on the week uh, will have to get by for that time. But let's pay some bills, and then we're going to explain some things here. So RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes, Low prices, man, it is unparalleled customer service over there and free three-day shipping over 75 bones. It's so, so damn easy. Why, you guys should be clicking on keyforinktesting.com. Click on that little banner up on top of the homepage. Go, that will direct you to Rocky Mountain, and then just live your life. Shop, live happily, live free, smile as you uh, choose things, and what that does when you guys check out It gives us just a snippet of what you guys are purchasing and helps us out, lets the big bosses know over there in Utah that you like the show, you listen to it, you don't think we're full of shit, uh, and you are um, appreciative of what we're doing over here on the show and appreciative of them sponsoring the show. So thank you guys for doing that. It helps us out a lot. As well as FXR Racing, you guys want some new gear. Revo Helium, uh, those are my two favorite sets of gear right now. The Revo line just dropped, so there's several colorways in that. Uh, The Helium and Revo are a little bit different. Revo has a little bit more ventilation in the jersey. The Helium is a little bit lighter, a little bit snugger of a fit, and a lot. I guess I would like to say it's very stretchy, both sides of that, Revo and Helium. But nonetheless, I love the fit. I love the gear. I love the colorways of the Helium line this year. It's some of my favorite. I know those guys over there are like, man, Kiefer's a pain in the ass because he always wants to— Every single colorway. But uh, I do love it a lot. So hit the fxrracing.com over there on your laptop. And then if you want to order something, KKMX35 will save you 30% off your order. So that's huge. If you guys want a 6D FXR helmet, you guys want a set of Revo gear, whatever it is, man, KKMX35 save you guys some money and let them know that you like the show as well. And guess what? I just got hit up from the guys over at Racetech. They're doing an engine seminar in November 2021. That's right. It's coming up very soon, a couple months. So what makes a world-class engine? How do you create low-end power and power band while improving peak power at the same time? That's not easy to do. Trust me, I've worked with a lot of engineers. It's a pain in the ass to do to get all of that on the track. How do you build a high-performance engine that will last? Racetech covers all of this and more with their new engine seminar that's coming over there right now. Go click the link that says Seminars over on Racetech.com to learn more and let those guys guide you. Smart people over there, Andrew and Rob, are going to do this thing, and these two guys are quality human beings. So uh, if you guys go to this seminar, um, let me know. Tell me how you like it. Email me back. Uh, I would love to do it. I would love to talk to you about it. Actually, maybe get you on the show and uh, let me know what you learned and what what goes on. So I'm sure a lot of people that – tune into the show are techie nerds like myself and those guys would like to know too so hit me up chris at keyfrinktesting.com if you go to this race tech seminar and uh yeah let's talk about it i'd love to know about it don't forget all my other sponsors here power motorsports works connection ride engineering chevrolet of Colleen, texas pro taper 6d oregon old timers association screen dunlop plum creek funding and of course blood lubricants all of these people are All these people are uh, helping us out here and getting the show done. Shows, I should say. Shows. All right, here. So we're midweek right now. on our second show. And why I put this show together, I was going to do an article on this, but then I was like, you know what? Let me do a podcast about it because it's easier for me to talk about and really describe. And that way you guys can hear my voice and that way you guys know the excitement that I have for, for what I've created here. So I had an epiphany one night laying in bed. No. This isn't coffee with the Kievers, but I do a lot of thinking when I'm laying in bed, you know, up at night. Sometimes I wake up at 2 a.m. and I'm just like my mind starts racing, and that sucks because once I start thinking about work, I'm up for the rest of the night. So sometimes I'll be up at three in the morning working or answering emails. So if you guys see me or you guys get an email from me at 3:30 in the morning, just know that I'm not a tweaker. Uh, I just woke up because I'm thinking about work or thinking about projects that I want to do. Uh, so. The next portion of my life that I think about a lot is when I'm driving. So I thought about this uh, laying in bed one night, and I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool, and then I thought about it again while driving. So that really confirmed to me that I wanted to do this. So what I did, there's two bikes that I really love to ride. If I was going to purchase bikes, and and this is my opinion, this is just me saying this is what I like. This isn't KieferIncTesting.com. This is Chris Kiefer talking about what I like personally here on the West Coast, uh two bikes KTM 450 SXF and the Yamaha YZ450F very different bikes when you ride them but each have great characteristics about them when you ride them on the tracks here out here in the west coast and even on the midwest and soft dirt so I will say this I've taken both these bikes several places with me soft dirt sand sand tracks hard pack and It's a rough decision for me to figure out what I want to race. Uh, When I go race certain races, I get to choose which bike I want to ride. I could ride anything. I could ride a Honda. I could ride a Suzuki. I could ride a Kawasaki. But there's something about my riding style and these two machines that really help me along. And usually I'll make that decision in stock form. And then I will create a bike around that stock production unit. Uh, So – I have created some things with other bikes, uh, Kawasaki. Uh, I have done stuff with Hondas, and I've raced all of these bikes. But I gel with the orange and the blue bike the most for me, Uh, at least right now. And this, I wasn't a huge fan of the KTM, uh, I don't know, three, four years ago. I I rode it, and I'm like, yeah, it's good, and didn't really care about it. Um, The Yamaha has been a staple for me for a very long time. I haven't worked for Yamaha since 2009, 10, uh, 2010. Uh, I have friends all over. So some of you guys are like, oh, Kiefer works for Yamaha. I don't work for Yamaha. I don't do shit for Yamaha at all. Um, actually, I do a lot of stuff for Honda, if you, if you want to be transparent here on this podcast. So um, I wanted to build the KTM how I would want it. And then I want to build the Yamaha how I want it. And it's not extravagant. It's not a bunch of – I don't want to dive into the engine. I'm not busting open the engine and putting pistons and cams. I try to simplify my bike builds. Um, So what I did, suspension was done on each bike, Uh, ECU, Vortex ECU on each bike. I put Pro Taper bars and grips on, Uh, gearing that I like on each bike, and muffler on each bike. That's it. So each bike got these aftermarket parts, things that work the best on each bike. That doesn't mean I used FMF on both bikes. Um, we will talk about that as well. But I wanted to do this podcast to share with you which modified bike is better. And maybe you're like me. So we'll go over how I ride, what I think about when I, when I want a bike to build, and what I want out of the bike. So this is why I created the show. I thought it was interesting When I posted a picture up, I don't know, a couple weeks ago when I was out doing some of these tests, uh, a lot of you guys got back to me and said, that's the shit that I want to hear about. This is the stuff that I'm here for, like modified bike shootouts. I want to say slightly modified. I don't want to say modified because I didn't break into the engine. So um, to piggyback off of that idea before we get into the show, I feel like that is how I want to do – my shootouts this year. So the 2022 250 450 shootouts. I've been really thinking about um, what I want to do, if I want to do them, and if I do want to do them, how do I want to do them? So uh, this shit's been up my ass for a long time. I wake up in the middle of the night. Heather's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" I go, "I'm thinking about shootouts." She's like, "Oh my god, you you're a crazy son of a bitch." Uh, <laughs> so. This project that I'm doing with these two bikes got me thinking. I'm going to do, and no one has done this in the media world, I'm going to do a, all of these bikes, the 450s first, and do a light, modified 450 shootout. I think this is real-world shit. When you buy a bike, and, and I could be totally off base here, but I feel like if you have enough money, you purchase a new motorcycle, rarely, um, and there are, there's exceptions, of course, but rarely do you just leave it stock. Some of you guys are going to do suspension. Um, you're going to put a pipe. You're not going to listen to me. You're, to, you're not going to listen to me when I say leave a stock pipe on. You won't listen to me. You just put a pipe on. Uh, you might put some bars and grips. So this is what I'm going to do with the shootout in 2022. I'm going to um, build each bike how what I think would be a good baseline machine that goes with suspension. So I'll still have the range of riders um, 450, I'm going to give you an example. 450 shootout would be a range from 160 pounds to just over 200 pounds, maybe two, 210, 215 in that range. I will get a baseline suspension setting. So what we do in the production world, if we have three test riders, each one of us is, you know, we weigh differently. We could have 150-pounder, 180-pounder, and then 190-pounder. We use the middle guy for the sag readings to see how well this bike works with track toughness, right? So this is what we're going to do with the suspension. I'm going to ride all these bikes, figure out what each suspension um, character is on each machine, figure out which way we need to go, test that, make sure that suspension setting is correct for that bike, for the baseline, and then put a muffler on it, full system, bars, grips, and gearing if need be. These are the basic things that I feel like the normal people will do, right? So this is what I'm going to do. That's exactly how I'm going to lay it out. Each bike is going to get all of those mods, and then we're going to have several different riders, and then we're going to ride them all to see if it makes a difference. And maybe it will not make a fuck bit of difference. Maybe it will just be the same as if uh, Motocross Action did a shootout. Maybe the results will be the same. But I feel like each bike will have a different character and could bring it to life to even more to challenge the usual winner. Uh, So what the last few years, the KTM and the Yamaha have been the front runners in the 450 class. Okay. So maybe doing some stuff to the Honda suspension because it needs it, quite frankly, uh, a muffler and just to see what it does. Maybe that'll help it along. Maybe bring it up. Uh, Same thing with the Kawasaki. Kawasaki needs a little bit of work. So, um, maybe give a little bit more of a um, of a better muffler feeling, so that engine character comes to life a little bit, and then change the coupler. So that's what we will do too. So yes, I am going to change ECU settings if need be. No, I'm not going to put a vortex in any of these bikes, but if the ECU is tunable, I'm going to tune it to uh, its best ability, so it runs the best with these mufflers that we're putting on. So. That is my spiel. That is what I feel like will be the most fun for me, get me energized to do these shootouts again, because quite frankly, fuck, man, I've been doing these things for over 20 years, and I'm just bored. It's the same shit. The same shit all the time I read and and watch all these shootouts. It's the same freaking thing every single year. So let's do something different. Even if it's shitty, it's going to be different. So... Yes, I'm going to do a video side of it, and then, yes, we will do a podcast side of it as well. I will not probably do an article because it's a, it's a shit ton of work to put all that together. But if you guys really want an article, let me know. Hit me up on an email, and I will try to accommodate you with that as well. Um, but, man, so let me know on, the, on your guys' thoughts what you think about that shootout, if it's a good or bad idea. I feel like it's a, it's a good idea, but I could be barking up the wrong tree. And if you have suggestions, I like to hear them as well. Maybe it's something else that you guys want to change on each bike um, besides what I laid out. So what I laid out, again, just so you guys know, suspension changes, revalve, muffler systems, ECU, tune, gearing, and, of course, handlebars if they need them. I, I mean, let's quite find them. Some of these bars are really good on these bikes right now. Um, but maybe we'll just use a different – maybe we'll use a Pro Taper band because they have more flex. So uh, Pro Taper is a sponsor of this show. So maybe we'll use a Pro Tape or Evo bend for all of these bikes, and we'll, we'll figure out which bend to use on each, and then run with that. Um, so again, suggestions, uh, I love to hear them, so hit me up. So that is my thought. So as well, uh, I guess I should say this too, not each uh, bike will have the same suspension company. I might have RaceTech on one. I might have Enzo on one. I might have uh, REP on one. I might have Factory Connection one on. I'm going to spread it around. RaceTech would be my preferred go to on all of these, but I would like to use a wide range of people, okay? Just so we could feel each setting from each company. And to me, that fits the bill. So, um, I'm trying to think. I don't know what suspension I'm using for all these bikes yet, but let's just throw something out. Let's say I'm going to use Factory Connection for the Honda. We'll get their setting. Uh, hey, man, you're going to set it up for 180-pound um, fast um, B-Rider. Let's just say B-Rider, right? And we're going to throw that on there and see how it works and see give us your setting. Now, if they suggest a link, that's what we're going to do. We're going to put a linkage on. If Race Tech decides, hey, we're going to do your uh, Kawasaki, and they don't suggest the link, we won't use it. But we're going to go off suggestions, what each company wants, what they think is the best, what they're selling, and what they're offering. So we can give you feedback as well. So if the Kawasaki wins, uh, you know, okay, the Kawasaki wins. Race Tech did this, this, and this. You guys can go right there and say, hey, man, I'm a 180-pound B-rider. Boom, I want the shootout spec. That's what I want. Boom. And then you're going to have all of these guys, several opinions to sway you to get your purchasing decision correct. That's that's what I like, man. You're going to freaking buy something, you want to really know it's going to work. So what better way to have 10 dudes to say, "Hey, man, this stuff really worked good. You know, it's not even set up for my weight, but it worked damn good." I'm a 200-pound guy, and it's set up for a 180-pound rider, and it still worked great. It didn't bottom out. It has comfort. It has a lot of hold up coming in the corner. So, um, yeah, man, it's just going to be something different that I've been thinking about, and I'm excited about it, as you guys can tell. And this is why I didn't want to do an article, because you can't hear uh, the excitement in my voice. So, um, yeah, just before the show started, I thought, why not just spew that out there so you guys know what I'm doing and uh, maybe get you guys pumped up on that as well. Timeline for this, I need some time to... Um, to go over each one of these bikes and dial them in. And then when they're dialed in, we're going to get them all dressy and put graphics on them and be cool numbers, put numbers on them. And then we're going to start the shootout. So if you see Vital or MXA, it takes a while, so it might not be it. But Vital is usually one of the first ones to get their shootout done, right? Don't freak out. We will do one. I just might not be the first one. And to me, it doesn't really fucking matter anymore who's first. I don't really care. I just want to see cool content. If, you're, if your shit doesn't come out till December or January, I'm good with it. I just want some good content. I'm a fan as well. I love dirt bikes, so I like going to all these other media outlets and checking out to see what they're doing as well. I'm not stealing ideas, but I like to look. I love dirt bikes. If I wasn't doing this show, I would be on all these media sites as well and listen to see what they have to say and then figuring out if they're fucking full of shit or not. <laughs> I can read through some people, you know? Uh, that's what I'd be doing. So, uh, yeah, don't freak out if we're a little bit late to the game because there is some setup uh, to having the shootout uh, be a different way. All right, so KTM and Yamaha. I said let's put, okay, suspension, ECU, bars, grips, um, muffler systems. I put that on there. And uh, I wanted to see if one of these bikes – is going to be my weapon of choice for the Vet national. So I went to three different tracks. I went to State Fair, Glen Helen, and then uh, I always do my baseline test track because uh, over the years a lot of companies you have used this track up here by my house to um, test their chassis, race teams and production uh, testing squads. So I know that it works. So those three tracks were my baselines – um, the reasons why I like a KTM, okay, I'm just going to give you the reasons why. Lightweight feeling. Uh, ergonomically, I like getting on that bike. It feels nice. It's uh, easy to ride fast. It forces you, unlike a Yamaha, to get on the gas sooner, which makes your roll corner speed better. The Yamaha, you got to ride a different way. It's a bigger girl, uh, you got to ride it smoother, but the KTM 450 will allow you to be more aggressive because it doesn't have all that front-end excitement like the Yamaha does. So I like the KTM for that reason. Now, the Yamaha, why do I like the Yamaha? Stable. Uh, There is some clout with weight. Okay, people freak out on weight. Most likely uh, motocross action, they freak out. it's, It's 15 pounds heavier. It's a pig. Well, yes, in some instances on the track, you do feel that. Entering corners, lean in on corners, I do feel that. But once I'm in the corner, I don't feel that. Um, stability for me is better when there's a little bit of weight. The KTM uh, isn't as stable as as the Yamaha. So this is what I'm trying to fix, right, with the stuff that I did at the KTM. Um, so the Yamaha has a great engine, easy to ride. I can lug it, third gear, awesome. Uh, it feels planted under lean. Glen Helen, I'm on the edges of my tires a lot. You're sweeping, you're cutting, and you're always um, on the edges and the lean of your tires. Unlike a lot of East Coast tracks where it's a point and shoot, you got soft dirt, and you come into a corner straight, and you got ruts, and you got something to bank off of. We don't have that luxury out here where we have something to bank off of. So we're always constantly searching for traction on the edge of our tires. And that's where this big girl, the Yamaha, really comes into play, man. That's where she feels planted. That's what I like about it. Ergonomically, it's a piece of shit. Off. Like, rough for me. When I get back on it from the KTM, I'm like, holy shit, man. It's big, wide. I'm in a pocket. Uh, I feel like these bars are ape hangers. Like, it takes me a minute to get back in the game on the Yamaha. But once I'm in the game, it's like, okay, there's the old faithful again. Like, it's good. Like I'm like it's planned and I know what it's gonna do. So, um, went to the three tracks. I, KTM. I took my suspension to um, what I took my suspension to Rep Mark over there. He's worked with the KTM guys. He would worked with Dungey. I thought it would make sense, so I got a, uh, some pro components, aka spring fork, cone valve, and their pro component shock. I uh, got the linkage on there, knuckle and rods. And Mark dialed me in with a new spec that he just came up with. And I've done a lot of things with Mark in the past. Uh, and I've I've worked with him. I've tested with him. He's he's come up with ideas. He's texted me and said, hey, man, I got an idea. Can you bring your suspension in? Let's try it. He meets me at the track. He's very proactive, very proactive guy. Uh, so dropped off my stuff, the latest and greatest spec, spring fork, Uh, I am on a factory uh, clamp, like the factory edition clamp, split clamp. That helps comfort, so I want that. I took that neck and stock piece of shit off, um, so that'll help front end feel. Uh, Put that stuff back on. Got an FMF system. To me, out of all the systems right now, the FMF is the best on the KTM. It gives you more low-end response, gives you more connection, a little bit wider mid, and just overall more excitement. Not really giving you more top-end or over-rev, but on the front side is what I'm looking for on that KTM, and that is what the FMF does for me. I know you guys are having problems trying to get an FMF system right now. I know. Don't email me and say, can you get one or can you sell me one? No, I can't. Hopefully, Donnie will get this stuff going. I know he's had some problems with – there's not a lot of people that want to work nowadays – uh, this pandemic shit here in Southern California sucks, and it's tough right now. And, and it's not just FMF. It's a lot of places. It's a lot of places, guys. So if you can uh, find an FMF, you can go to Rocky Mountain. I would go there and try because they buy up a lot of product, and they have a lot of stock. So look at Rocky Mountain. Again, go to keyforinktesting.com through that, and then you can purchase through my website, uh, So FMF system, Jamie at Twisted Development has an exhaust flange that replaces the stock one. So before we put the FMF system on, we put that exhaust flange on, um, and that helps low-end throttle response. That's its purpose. Um, so suspension's on. Muffler is on. Gearing, I left stock. I'm running a 1349 gearing. Uh, linkage is on too, by the way. Sorry. Uh, and then bar. So I am on a Pro Taper Suzuki race team. Ben. Uh, so Suzuki race team Ben is basically a 996 Renthal Ben copy, pretty much dimension wise. I cut the bar because when it does come out, and they are coming out with this bar, it is a hundred eight hundred and eleven millimeters long. Way too long for me. I cut it to eight oh five, eight hundred five millimeters, and then I run a ZRT throttle because. Man, it's it's simply because it's butter. Is it stronger? Yes. Did I buy it for that? No. And let me tell you, I bought it. I purchased it with my own money. It's expensive. It's a couple hundred bucks. But it lasts, and it feels good throughout the whole time of your bike. It never feels hard or shitty or crusty. The The roll-on of this ZRT throttle is amazing. So that is the reasons why I got it and put it on. Uh, the stock one gets just shitty feeling over time. Throttle cables get, uh, over after 20 hours, throttle cables on the KTM get tough. With this throttle, it makes it feel buttery. You guys know what I'm talking about about that word, buttery. Not buttery films, but just buttery, just smooth. And it just makes you feel less tired on the track because your throttle isn't hard as shit, right? Um, so that is what I did. And then, last but not least, Chad at XPR mapped a Vortex ECU on this KTM. You guys know I am I'm all about this ECU on this bike. It really, really, really helps this machine. And um, the people that I let ride this bike, they're like, oh, what's done to it? I go, it's an ECU and a pipe and fuel. They're like, no way. I'm like, yep. I, I, I really do not need an engine when I have this stuff. So, Chad mapped it for T4. He can map it for Pro 6. He can map it for whatever fuel you're running, but I run T4 because I get a little bit more um, throttle response, more bottom end, and pull. You guys can run pump gas on a Vortex, but let's face it. You're spending a grand on, a, on an ECU. Run T4 at least. It's not hella expensive like Pro 6. Yes, it's more money than pump fuel, but your bike will thank you. It runs a lot better, runs really clean, and Chad has really good maps for it. So that is what's done to the KTM. So what does that do to this bike? Okay. Let's break down the suspension. So Mark suspension with REP. Um, Obviously, air fork stock, it's decent. I don't like uh, how it changes over time with the course of a moto if I'm riding it. I don't like the initial part of the comfort. It's a little bit stiff feeling, and it just has a spike harshness um, that I usually don't get with spring fork. So that is why I went to the Pro Components. Um, that is why I went to the split clamp to get some more front end feel, some more front end traction, and break away from the air fork. I've given this fork a lot of chances, a lot of tries, and I simply just can't ride as fast as I can with this Pro component um, fork. Now, Mark, uh, I I can't tell you exactly what he did. All right, so he has told me in passing. He's he's talked to me about it. I, I'm not a I'm not a suspension tuner. I'm a feeling test guy. I'm a test rider. You can do whatever the fuck you want inside that fork, inside that shock, and I will tell you how it feels on the track. I can't tell you exactly what the spec is inside, and I don't even know if he wants to tell anybody because that's his own shit. Right? So with his shock setting and his fork setting and his own linkage uh, – it calms the bike down. This is what I wanted out of the KTM. The KTM's a little bit twitchy at high speed. Unlike the Yamaha, it's hard to lean and be on the edges of the tires without getting a little bit of deflection. This new spec that he has on the fork calmed that deflection down. It calmed that front end feeling down. I have more lean angle traction, and I have great bottoming resistance. Now, when I sit on this stuff, it, it's active. It's very. It moves a lot. I'm thinking, ah, it's going to be soft. But when I ride it, there's a lot of dampening and there's a lot of holdup, which gives me a lot of confidence and comfort jumping into bumps and breaking bumps. And let me tell you, Glen Helen has been hell atrocious lately. That's right. That's actually a word, hell atrocious. GH at 430 has been in effect, but GH at 430 has been in effect at noon. And it has been crazy with all the pros here. It's been edgy. It's been gnarly, and it's been slick it's been shit it's shitty right it's not fun to ride but it's great to test in this rep stuff that mark did gives me confidence to ride in this stuff like i'm not dreading uh getting on the track like i was with the stock stuff um now with his setting i've went out a couple times at glen helen with mark and we've changed shocks we've changed forks we did a lot of things and he's got a setup for me that is calm, it's balanced, and what I can tell you is important for me on this KTM is ride attitude. The ride attitude of this bike is always ass in low. When I'm on acceleration, and if you're a KTM owner, you can maybe relate to this, when you're exiting um, area three of the corner, the rear feels low and the front feels like it's pushing away from me. And it's hard to keep my trajectory in the way I was going or that I wanted to go without um, letting off of the gas because my front end is starting to raise up and point a different direction. So I like to keep my front end down out of area three of the corner. So Mark has a longer shock shaft, which is a one millimeter longer shaft, uh, and that brings that whole rear end up. I can run a 103 millimeter sag and not 95. Um, and it, the ride attitude of the bike is is way better. There's less pitching. There is less squat under acceleration, and just overall a flatter, better feeling for me. Um, I've had a lot of guys ride my bike, Jacob Hayes, um, Hunter Yoder. These guys are like, man, what's done to the suspension? It's awesome. And, um, and just like, dude, it's, it's REP. Mark does a really good ride. He, he knows KTMs really well. And I would love to tell you more about Mark and REP uh and say hey he works really good on other brands. I just never gave him give him the chance to um revalve anything else but my KTMs because I just feel like hey man he knows this shit really well but he does a lot of work on Kawasaki's so he does other stuff and he does uh he does a good job on this KTM stuff. So for me, again, balance is better. The bike has been calmer to ride. I'm I'm not gonna say calmest. It's calmer than where I was, and uh, for me, I just get a little bit more chassis stability with the setting that I have right now. Is it worth the five grand in suspension and valving? If you're serious about racing and you're serious about comfort, yes, to me it is. I understand this whole world is about money, right? And some of you guys get on my ass. You're living in a different world, Kiefer. I can't afford it. Well, you're listening to this podcast for a reason, and uh, for me, uh, if I'm just a blue-collar guy, I want to bust my ass and work and spend money on things that I really love, and I love dirt bikes. So if someone said I was in someone else's shoes and and some guy told me, hey, man, this stuff really works, and I trusted him, I would try to save my money to get that stuff because I want to have a great time when I ride. That's not to say you can't have a great time on a stock bike, but for me, I want to push... I want to grow as a rider. I still want to get better. I'm old. People are like, why do you care, Kiefer, you're old? Because I still want to be a better rider. And maybe I'll never well be a better rider, but at least I want to keep what I have. I feel like I can ride decent now. I want to be in my 50s and be able to ride decent. I want to look like I'm in my late 20s uh, and have good technique and have fun my bike versus being some, uh, some regressing old man that's hunched back and, and sucks balls. So these parts are key to making me feel better and I can ride faster on this on this stuff. So with the engine side of things, you guys want a little bit more connection. You guys want a little bit more low-end power. You guys want a lot of more mid-range meat. FMF, Chad, ECU, and Jamie's flange is the way to go. I, I have a guy, a friend, that has some of these parts on his bike. He's like, dude, it's the best bike I've ridden in years. He was a Yamaha guy. Uh, his name is Jesse. Jesse, if you're listening, I'm, I'm talking about you. He had a Yamaha. Uh, he liked the Yamaha, but I talked him into a factory edition KTM. I got him an FMS system. He got that flange, and uh, he's got an ECU, and he's like, holy shit, it's a whole different bike. And That's exactly how I feel when I put this bike on it. It makes the bike feel even lighter than it is. So, Some of you guys, and I've heard this from other media outlets, the KTM is light on paper, but in stock form it doesn't feel that light because it's kind of lethargic down low. So with this ECU, the flange, and this pipe, it wakes it up, makes it feel light, and it's sneaky fast. It is deceiving how fast this is. It's so smooth and so connected that I cannot believe it when I'm going up these hills at Glen Helen how fast I'm going, and it doesn't even feel like it. Uh, when I compare it to the Yamaha now with the modified stuff I put on it, which we'll get to, it's it's a quieter tone, it's a smoother roll on, and it never steps out. A little sneak peek here: the Yamaha when I there's a corner at Glen Helen that you have to make a left and then go up. They call it Showy Hill, I think it's Showy Hill. Um, after Talladega, you come down, you got a tabletop, then you make a left and you go back up a hill. It's tough to keep the Yamaha's front end down. There's a lot of power there, and there's more connection there with the ECU that I have, which we'll talk about. But with the ECU on the KTM and the flange and the muffler, dude, that front end is glued to the ground out of the corner. I can roll the throttle on however I want from 10% to 100%, just chicken wing the shit out of it. And that front end stays down. I don't have to clutch or fan the clutch to keep it down. It's just going up that mountain fuck like a bat out of hell and it is fun it's amazing so that is key to me and that is why i changed um those parts on the bike so you heard me say so right i'm getting ready to talk about something else but first let's get to these commercials listen to them save yourself some money we'll be right back with this comparison Holy hell, what a confusing time for me. Modified bikes, fun bikes to ride. Ah, it's so much. Listen to these commercials. We'll be right back. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front-end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at chevykilleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen Chevy, find new roads. ScreenPrintingDone.com T-shirts! Get your sassy T-shirts! Yeah! Good morning. We didn't catch your name last night. ScreenPrintingDone.com I'm not supposed to be within 200 feet of a Chuck E. Cheese. I need that shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com Let's get into this T-shirt. It's a cute top. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com That does sound awesome. I see things no one should ever see. I got a pretty dope sense of humor, bro. (laughs) ScreenPrintingDone.com You an older dude looking to race some races, maybe looking to do some longer motos, OregonOldTimers.com is coming out with a new 2021 schedule. We will have that up on the new shows in January, so check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. Any questions about going to the Old Timers Association, hit me up, Chris, at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll help you out. See you guys at the races next year. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com, 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer. Get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. You got a new bike? Hell, you got an old bike? Go to ride-engineering.com. You can use the code KT25 to get 25% off. If you're looking for anything chassis-related, clamps, bar mounts, axle blocks, whatever it is, they even got calipers, brakes, they do it all over there at ride-engineering.com. So go check them out. Use the code. Save yourself some money. If you have any questions, you guys know the email. Visit them. Ride-Engineering.com Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to Protaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars, you don't want a crossbar. Protaper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half-waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The Race Cut grips? Come on. I am a SX Race Evo and Fusion guy, so go check them out, Protaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KieferIncTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Testing. it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? Protaper. Protaper Protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Key for Tested podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years. Dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. You guys looking to buy a new bike? 2021s are out. Go to Power Motorsports. That's right, they're in Oregon. PowerMotorsports.com If you guys want a deal on a Yamaha ooh, or a Kawasaki ah, or maybe just maybe you want a KTM. They got them all there. They have Kiefer Inc. Testing special discounts. Email me, Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com and I will get you in touch with David Sibley. That's right, David Sibley at Power Motorsports. He knows the drill. He knows Kiefer Inc. Testing gives the best deals possible, and so do Power Motorsports. Hit them up, PowerMotorsports.com. We are back. Wasn't so bad, was it? Man, easy to do. Save yourself some money. It's about, what, seven, eight minutes of your time? Ain't no thing. We're back. Let's talk about the Yamaha now. To compare it, which we'll do here in a minute, let me talk about the Yamaha. So the reasons why I love a stock Yamaha, like we we went over, you know, easy to ride, third gear roll-on, stable. What I wanted to improve, I went to the guys over at Enzo. Because they know Yamaha's really good, um, Ross over there and Yoshi—they gave me um, their Enzo A kit. So it's really not that much different uh, than a standard fork with just special coatings, um, little different spring tubes, a spring rate, things inside of it. Their own proprietary, um, you know, uh, cap, just stuff like that. The shock high-speed adjuster. Uh, I am still on a sixteen millimeter shaft. I am not on an eighteen millimeter shaft. Uh, not a lot of changes that you would think uh, on a Yamaha compared to stock. So I just need a little bit more hold up from a from a Yamaha. There is a lot of pitching. There is a lot of weight there, right? So front end diving. Under throttle, a lot of power. So then I'm squatting, and it's just a lot of movement in the chassis. And it, it fucks up my corners. Look, let's face it. When I get on a Yamaha, doesn't feel as light. Doesn't corner. Area one is good. Once it's in, it's it's fine. She's she's a big girl. She needs some love. She needs to get in there. Needs some guidance. Right. Needs some reassurance. Um, and this is where Enzo came in and tried to help me out and did this stock link. Left that. Uh, I've been through several mufflers. Uh, on the Yamaha. Uh, I always tell you guys stock is good and stock muffler on the Yamaha is great. But since we were doing this comparison I was like I gotta get a muffler on so let's figure out the muffler that works the best with the ECU from Chad again Vortex Um, and I spent a shit ton of time on this ECU with Chad. He busts my balls all the time. He's like why the fuck do you love this bike so much? Like this is a nightmare but let me tell you he spent many many days with me at Glen Helen Um, When I won the Loretta's title, uh, we had a map for that. Um, After that, I wanted to win the World Vet title. We did, and we had a map before that. We went out for two days and got that map. And it just made this Yamaha feel as close to a KTM as possible down low. Um, Like I mentioned, I'm on that hill. You'd make that left and go up the hill of Glen Helen. Yes, it still does want a wheelie, but not near as bad as a stock bike. So it has more connection. And it's linear. I had Travis Preston ride my bike, and he's like, "Holy shit, man! I can't believe how connected to the rear wheel it is." And it's all it is is a as an ECU. He even bought one for himself to test and ride. So Travis R and D rider bought one from Chad, and they're using it to do some testing. That's pretty bitch, and that says something, right? So um, yes, Yamaha comes with the Yamaha Power tuner. It's very adjustable, but you can't get the parameters. That you can with the Vortex ECU. There's a lot of parameters, wide range, and you can do a lot of things with the Vortex. Chad knows how to do that. That's why I went to him for this. I work closely with him and I spend my time between Chad and Jamie a lot. Like I always tell you guys, both these dudes are really good. They know ECU settings good. But in this test, I just happen to have two Chad ECUs and that's what I went with. And um, with the Yamaha, now that I have. Uh, That ECU, I needed a muffler that worked for that. Uh, I had an FMF, was pretty good. Uh, Had a pro circuit, wasn't a huge fan of the the production one. I put the insert in, was a little bit better. But then I stumbled across an Akropovich muffler. Uh, I don't even know how I got one. I think I wanted to do a test, reached out. It's kind of a pain in the ass to get Akropovich stuff here in the States. But Nicole, uh, I met her and she was our media go-to girl for Akropovich because, you know, they're all the way in Europe. Um, I ended up getting one a couple years ago, and I thought it was too slow. That was my original thought, like, yeah, it's kind of lethargic. The stock one is better. If you go back to look on my, on my website, I thought it was pretty good. And it's good in the mid-range and top-end. But I was like, it doesn't have that excitement down low like that stock one does. So I wasn't really pumped on it. But then I revisited it. With this ECU that I have on my bike now, and I was like, "Holy hell!" I just stumbled across something really good. Um, so it was better than stock. So I stuck with the Kropovich muffler. Very well built, lightweight muffler packing lasts a long time. It is a burn. There's a burned out section in the middle of my can right now, but it doesn't sound like dog shit. Uh, I can't say that for these other companies packing uh, it's 10 hours like literally 10 hours and it's fucking rattling like jacked so for whatever Akrapovic does to their packing it's quality stuff it lasts twice as long as anything i've experienced in other um, mufflers straight up uh, i've expressed this to both parties pro circuit fmf Yoshimira, and they just man it's just I don't know. they. I don't know what packing they use or how they wrap it or what they use, but it just has it come close to the Kropovich, uh stuff that's inside of that can. So we went to Kropovich and with that ECU setting, uh, now that we got that ECU, it's a little bit more connected, a little bit uh, longer pulling, I it woke it up. So it did the exact opposite that it did with the stock ECU, now I got a little bit more throttle response, and then it woke it up enough but actually gave me more rear-wheel connection than the stock muffler. It was amazing. So, again, Travis rode my bike. Uh, he had a built bike, and he was like, dude, your low end is better than my built bike. It's It was pretty amazing. So it was cool to hear that. And I knew my bike was pretty good on the Yamaha, but I didn't know how good. And to hear someone else that rides Yamahas a lot and has been around and rode you know factory engines and stuff that he's like, Very impressive how connected your Yamaha feels to the ground. So I have that. um, I have an SX Race Bend Pro Taper Bar. That's basically the stock bend bar. I put that bar mount in the back hole forward position. Stock gearing. And this Yamaha is uh, something else, man. Uh, All of it combined. uh, Less pitching. Less squat. A calmer feel. Bike feels lighter now because I have more excitement but yet more connection. And this is what I always want out of big bikes. All, all these four strokes, sure, we can make them fast and they are fast stock. But how much rear wheel connection do we have? How soon can I get on the throttle and right out of this corner? Can I get on the throttle area two or do I have to wait to crawl through area two and then get on an area three? That's the beauty of the KTM right now. And the beauty of this Yamaha is that I can crawl on this throttle harder, sooner than I can with these bikes when they're stock. Maybe not the KTM because it's kind of lethargic down low, but I needed to wake that orange bike up a little bit and have stumbled across more connection while getting more power. So now I thought I was going to be like, all right, I want to make my decision easier. It's made my decision fucking harder because both these bikes are amazing, right? So I got on. I'm like, I gotta go to different tracks now. So now I got this Yamaha that's uh, even more planted, uh, faster. Over rev is insane. I can rev it out. I can leave it in second gear. I can still lug it in third gear. Now I got this KTM that feels lighter, super connected. Never lofts the front wheel. stuck to the ground going up hills. Um. So then I went to work. I went to these. I went to State Fair. KTM was better. If you're an a East Coast guy, if you have soft, tacky dirt, um, softer bumps, the KTM is going to work amazing. This KTM is going to work fucking amazing. State fair lap times consistently almost one second a lap faster than me on the Yamaha. And the reasons why is the Yamaha feels still pretty big on tighter tracks. State fair, softer, ruts longer ruts, and, you know, again, this is West Coast, so I'm sure you guys back east have longer ruts than we do, but the Yama just feels big, and it's tough to maneuver when you have these long ruts and they start getting blown out a little bit, and it's just, it's tougher to keep that girl in line in a 15-minute moto, and this is what I did. I didn't go that long, because I figure, you guys listening, you're not gonna, uh, let's face it, we're not all in shape, we're not doing 30s, right? So, 15-minute moto on the KTM, 15-minute moto on the Yamaha, and consistently almost a second faster at State Fair, soft track, tight track, um, because it's light, powerful, easy to ride, and smile ear to ear. I I left State Fair going, oh, boy, I'm going to be riding an orange bike for the Vet National looking real good. All right. Went to Glen Helen two days later. Same thing, 15-minute moto KTM. 15 minute Moto Yamaha. Uh this time I I did the opposite. So uh at State Fair I rode the KTM and then the Yamaha last, just you know, just to make sure I was fresh And, and let's face it, I've been out for about three months, so I'm not in the best shape right now. Um I'm in decent shape, but not like I was before I got hurt. So I switched up at Glen Helen. I took the Yamaha out first and took the Yamaha or KTM out second. And It shows its true colors at Glen Helen, man. If there's a chassis um, stability area that you want to know about your bike, Glen Helen's it. Again, edges of tires, on throttle, not a lot of straight into corners with ruts. The Yamaha was over a second faster for me, I know, at over a two-minute lap time, than the KTM. Why? Felt planted coming into corners on lean. That's it. Yes, the KTM is improved in that area because of the stuff that we did, but it's still, still not as stable as a Yamaha when it comes to faster, choppier, square-edge stuff. I feel sturdy when I'm hitting a square-edge or knuckle on top of a jump on a Yamaha versus a KTM where I feel like I feel more of the ground underneath me in that area where the square-edge and the, and the and the chug is on the jump. The Yamaha just kind of, Goes over it doesn't give me a kick doesn't do much else um, I don't feel a lot of it right the little imperfections in these ruts at Glen Helen where you have this rocks that are starting to poke out or these square edge inside the in the rut cornering stability is better in the Yamaha so it's not soft dirt different sensation frame absorption is better so Yamaha was better at Glen Helen so now I'm like what the fuck I am screwed. Here comes the the des track, right? Dry. Uh, it's a mix of sand. I, so if you can picture this in your mind, it's basically a sand wash that runs through the desert. Half the track is down in this sand wash, or for you ne- New Mexicans, arroyos, okay? And then you have an upper part that's hard pack and clay-based. Again, dry, no water We're in the des here. Uh did decided to do two motos, two on the KTM, two fifteens, two fifteens on the Yamaha, uh, one fifteen KTM, one fifteen Yamaha, one fifteen KTM, one fifteen Yamaha. That's how it went down. Uh, had a great sensation on the KTM first couple motos, but as the track wore in, uh, the Yamaha just felt better to me. I felt better on the Yamaha, but. The lap times only showed me three-tenths better a lap on the Yamaha versus the KTM. So this is where I'm at, people. This is where I'm at. Uh, It's it's a tough thing for me to decide. Heather is at her wits in with me. But I still think the Yamaha is better for me in all of these West Coast-style conditions. Uh, if you're on the West Coast, you can take this for what it is. If you're on the East Coast, maybe you have some conditions like us, but I still feel like the Yamaha, man, it has a lot of qualities that are great. And with all the things that I've done to this bike, it's an easier bike to ride. I can go fast on it, not like a – I guess I can ride it, how I can put it to you guys. I can ride the Yamaha closer now with all the stuff I have, to the KTM. Like how I ride the KTM a little bit more aggressive, I can ride the Yamaha more aggressive now of how smooth and easy it is to ride, and that just rolls over into my my riding for faster lap times. So this whole mod shootout that I've been doing, man, it was a little bit of a headache, and that was getting me excited, then it would just screw with me, and I'd be home, and I'd get home like, man, dude, I've got to (laughs) go back out again. I just wanted to go back out again because it was so close. Because both these bikes are so fun to ride, but these lap times do not lie. Uh, yes, I had a real lap time. Lit Pro provided us with this, and um, so overall, faster on the Yamaha. Uh, could I be faster on a KTM if I just spent two months pounding out motos? Maybe, but as of right now, it just shows me that how good I set this Yamaha up. Um, it proves to be the best in a wider range of conditions. So if you look back on the state fair day, yeah, it's a second a lap. That's, oh, I should say, damn near a second. It was like 0.9 something. So damn near a second. That's a lot of time for 15 minutes if you're doing, you know, 10 laps, right? That's 10 seconds. Uh, As we went to, to Glen Helen, it was even wider for the Yamaha. Like the KTM was lagging a little bit. And then you go to this other track and it's really close. So again, track toughness, Yamaha seems to have that down pretty damn good. So uh, if you guys are looking for a little bit better Yamaha, email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com. If you don't know all the mods that I do, but it's basically a straight-up production Kropovich melther that you can buy. I I bought it off a RevZilla. Uh, Rocky Mountain did not have one, so if Rocky Mountain people are listening, don't be mad at me. Uh, They didn't have any in stock. A RevZilla had it. Got it. Um Enzo did the suspension. Uh Chad did the the Vortex and Pro Taper provided the the bars and grips and away we went and that is um the bike that I most likely um will be riding. Um is this all the way over? No, it is not. The things I would like to change about the KTM. I would like a little bit more stability, okay? That there's three things that I find important. A little bit more stability from the KTM on lean. Uh, Vibration is up. I would like a little bit of vibration. And overall consistency. It it still has really good days. And then you would think you go to a different track, you still have some really good days. It doesn't feel quite the same. It just has a different feeling to it. And even when you put these other suspension components on it, that never leaves. Um, But again, both bikes are reliable. Over the course of the time, um, for several years, I put a lot of time on each bike, and they've been great. Uh, Wheel bearings and things on KTMs don't last as long as a Yamaha. Wheels, in general, don't last as long as a Yamaha. Uh, Clutches last longer on a KTM than a Yamaha. Um, So it's give and take. But for me, this little whole modified experience for me was like, I want to see if I could really separate these two bikes. And on and all honesty, it didn't separate them that much. It didn't give me a warm and fuzzy feeling like, yep, I know what I'm going to do now. This is it. I'm going in this direction. And that's what I want to ride when I go race. That's why I want to race uh, right now because this is way better. Let's face it. I could get on any one of these bikes and have fun and, and do pretty damn good. So uh, <laughs> after an hour of talking... I still think um, I would ride any one of these bikes, but I'm going to ride a Yamaha because I believe in science a little bit and the fact of lap times. Those things don't lie, right? So um, when you do these lap times, and I'll just say this, when you do these lap times, you really got to think about You got to try on both bikes. Like you can't be tired. Uh, I have to rest a little bit, so I need to be 100% on each bike. I push the same amount on each bike. You really have to be conscious of how you ride each bike because, let's face it, you could be a little bit tired when you get back on, on, a, on one bike and been fresher on another, and that could sway your lap times. But with the lap times, you have to go how you feel, and I did that. And I feel more confident on a Yamaha when the track goes to shit. If the track is smooth-ish, doesn't have to be glass, the KTM's insane. I'd choose a KTM. I wouldn't even need lap times. I'm just like, I'm on a KTM. Fast, easy to corner, traction, boom, KTM. But it gets edgy, gets bumpy. Man, I'm going to the Yamaha because absorption, um, stability, lean angle traction, those things right there are important. So that is, uh, that is uh, where I'm going to lean to right now. But nonetheless, each company that we talked about here do great work. On each bike, um, I'm going to do this same thing with the Kawasaki and a Honda, but I'm going to use a Race Tech um, suspension on both because obviously they support the show. And I've ran Race Tech stuff on each bike, and I really liked it, so that's why I'm using Race Tech on a Honda and a Kawasaki. Um, so if you, you know, if we have this episode right now, you're like, well, Kiefer, Race Tech's a sponsor, and why aren't you using their stuff? Well, that's because I'm doing another one of these on a Kawasaki and Honda, and those are the two. Um, bikes that are facing one another and i've ridden race tech suspension on each and they were really good so that's just it's easy for me to choose there so um so yeah so hopefully you guys like this kind of thing uh it's just basically me thinking out loud and talking to you that's basically all this podcast is right here it's just me talking out loud my thoughts what i felt and just the things that i've tested and just sharing that with you so with all that being said, if you're an East Coast guy, man, uh, I'd be on a KTM. It's fun. It's re- it's soft dirt, softer bumps, and you don't feel half of the stuff chassis-wise that you feel out here on the West Coast. So uh, West Coast guys, Yamaha, uh, great bike and easy to ride. All the mods um, makes it even better. Don't be scared of an ECU on a Yamaha, fellas. Uh if there's something to be said last year on the factory team they had to use a stock ECU that didn't use a Vortex and they've had problems with that last year on a factory Yamaha squad now the star squads on the Vortex and look how well they're doing I'm not saying that's that's what's making Frands win and all this shit I'm just saying that's a key component to making a bike better is getting a wider parameter and stretching power getting more connection that's a key thing uh I don't even know who owns the Vortex I just know it works. I wish I could meet the guy because he does a great fucking job. These boxes are awesome. Uh, I've tried GET before. Ah, I think Steve's going to yell at me for this. Uh, I've tried GET before, and it, it did work okay, but reliability, and this is and this is two to three years ago, so it, it might have changed, but re- reliability wasn't good. I had problems with the GET system. Um, maybe it's different now. I would love to try one. If anybody from GET is out there and they want to send me one to try, I'm I'm down. I would love to revisit that and put that up on com. But I just know uh, Aiden's bike has a Vortex in it. My bikes have Vortex in it. Other people's uh, bikes that I have tried with a Vortex it was really good on Kawasaki. I've tried it. It was really good on the Honda. It's, it's really good. It really helps you Honda 450, guys. Linear power gets rid of that hit, that violent shit from the Honda um, that could be calmed down. And then actually... Uh, the Vortex ECU on the Honda calms the chassis down so it doesn't feel as rigid, and yes, that is possible. You guys are wondering how the hell that can be because it can stretch the power and change the in the engine character to actually relax the chassis uh, under load. Yes, that's a real thing. It's insane. Um, so, yeah, so that's it. So if you guys have any questions about this test, um, KTM guys, Yamaha guys, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. And I'm here to help you out and guide you in the right directions if you need be. And uh, we'll be back, uh, shit, next week with the Husqvarna. We're going to be doing FC 250 and 450, and then guess what? TC2. That's right. Not TC2. TC as well. Two strokes. ATMs and Husqvarna's. And, man, I'm waiting on the Yamaha two-stroke, too. Why YZ250 is coming out. Smokers rejoice. That's right. Smokers rejoice. Two-strokes are going to be on keyforinktesting.com. Not because I love it so much, just because I know they're popular, and let's talk about them, all right? Thank you for joining me. Support these advertisers that are on this show. It helps us out tremendously. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being loyal. Come up and see me at the track if you guys see me. Let's talk. Let's bullshit about your bike. You know, you got a problem. I'm happy to help. Um, If I look busy, don't worry about it. Come over and hang out. It's all family over there by that Sprinter van. So we'll see you at the track. If not, we'll see you next week on the show.